Welcome to the Bike Pack Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours, bike packers, and endurance cyclists from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike travel. You'll get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, hear fantastic stories of their journeys. Through both mine and my guests' experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike travel and considering going on an adventure, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. I want to thank Panorama Cycles, Redshift Sports, Restrap, Race Day Fuel, and Brockman Cyclery for supporting Bike Pack Adventures and helping to keep me on the bike. Check out the show notes for more information about these amazing companies. Thanks and keep on pedaling. Welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike touring, get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, and learn the pros and cons of certain gear, bikes, and bike setups. I hope you enjoy this podcast and that my guest stories fill your journeys with hours of listening. If you're new to the bike touring scene and considering going on a tour, I hope this podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. In the meantime, enjoy the show. In this episode of Bike Tour Adventures, I have the chance to catch up with Ari Hugerbrugge and see how things have been going on with him since we first spoke in episode 32. A lot has happened, or more correctly, a lot has happened that has stopped things from happening since Ari and I last spoke. With all the changes to his tour that we first talked about, Ari has had to continually adapt his tour to the changing circumstances that COVID-19 has forced upon us this past year. Because of these circumstances, we weren't able to meet up while cycling, as Ari had already modified and changed his route. Since we weren't able to catch up in person, we figured we may as well make a podcast out of it. So, Ari, welcome back. Thanks, thanks. It's awesome to be back. It really is. It really is. I figured um, just to start off, I usually don't like asking people to make a quick intro because I don't like to, to constrain people. But since uh, people could refer to episode 32 to find all your back info, why don't you just um, give a quick reminder about who you are and where we left off last time? Yeah, well, okay. I'm trying to think where we did leave off. I guess it would have technically been Ottawa. Ottawa. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways... Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm from Grimsby, Ontario originally, um, 47 years old, uh, leading up to the bike ride. I was a long haul truck driver for six and a half years and I started this bike ride November 12th, 2019. And I pedaled through a Canadian winter, the 2019, 2020 winter. I spent a tremendous amount of time in Atlantic Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, largely because of generosity of Atlantic Canada. They kept inviting me into their homes, so it was actually very difficult to get out of Atlantic Canada. But anyways, I, I eventually did, and through Quebec, and then um, Montreal into Ontario, and then uh, into Ottawa, where we mm -hmm. actually initially connected via the first podcast, and we actually did uh, we did a little uh, ride together. Uh, you escorted me out of the city of Ottawa. Yeah, they said, um, make sure this cool. guy doesn't come back. So, uh. <laughs> yes, well, that was that was technically the, you know, I mean, that's when COVID was really kind of sort of uh, taking off for what it was, yeah. meant, you know, whatever was going to, whatever was going to happen. And um, I mean, basically, 
we said our goodbyes. I actually pedaled 141 kilometers that day. So that was the longest day of my entire life on a bicycle. I biked till like two o'clock ish, I think, in the morning. I think if Did I recall. Did you really? Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I made it all the way to Brockville. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 And then the next day was the first day of spring, and I went Brockville to Kingston uh, to connect with my aunt. And I'm, uh, the plan was just to sort of spend maybe three days there. I was, if you recall, mm-hmm. when we did our bike ride, we went to Best Buy because I had to. Yeah. Um, I was buying a laptop to make to make arrangements. That's right. And you were going to pick, gonna pick it up in Kingston. I remember that. Yeah. And I was just going to kind of swap my data over, take a few days for that, and then get back on the road. Um, especially because this COVID stuff was sort of mm-hmm. driving me a little bit nuts. And then anyways, so yeah, so I got to my aunt's the first day of spring. And then the uh, the next morning, like I slept in the living room on the, on the pullout couch. And anyways, basically what happened was, is so she came into the, she came into the, into the living room because she kind of gets up earlier than me. And she's like, hey, do you mind if uh, we put the news on? just because, you know, lots going on. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's, it's your place. So, you know, sure, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you don't have to ask me permission. Uh, but anyways, sure enough, she put the news on, and I'm watching basically the news for the first time, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, crap, oh, crap, I'm, I'm dead. And it was just like, it was not good. And uh, so it, it was pretty apparent that I needed to stick around at least for a few days just to see if this was going to get worse or worse or whatever. And, and sure enough, you know, over the next couple of days, it just got worse and worse and worse. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, of all the places I could have been, I mean, technically if I hadn't spent so much time in Atlanta, Canada, you know, I could have been in Northern Ontario or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I end up in Kingston and I got a roof over my head. And so wisdom just dictated, you know what, just, just sit still for a bit and see what happens. And it just got worse and worse. And so it ended up being like a really good thing that I, you know, stopped because that was the other thing is, is, you know, from the perspective of, of Canada, we were basically, we were a very much stay at home attitude. Yeah. Um, and so I know my audience would have revolted. I'm pretty sure if, if I'd stayed on the road. Um, but that's the thing is if I had been anywhere else, it's like either I would have been a burden on someone else's family. Um, or I would have had to put a roof over my own head, which would not have been easy. And so just landing in Kingston on the day I did, it's like, man, what a, what a, what, what, what a mysterious blessing that was. And, and so I stayed in Kingston for 60 days. Yeah. And so, if you had, a, um, if you had been gone past, you would have had to probably just turn around and go back. Cause that yeah, would have been, exactly. that would have been you the know, sensible like, I mean, thing to do. Yeah, but I mean, you know as well as I do, on a bike tour, the last thing you want to do is backpedal. Oh, that sucks. Nothing, right? there's nothing, there is nothing worse than backpedaling. <laughs> you know, um, and you know, so yeah, it just, I mean, the timing was just unbelievable that, 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 you know, I ended up with a roof over my head in the middle of all this mm-hmm. and then, yeah. So then Ford lifted restrictions, our premier, um, Doug Ford lifted, uh, travel restrictions May 19th. And I took that as my green light to go. And so I posted that I was back on the road, um, actually ran into a local in some small town uh, like three hours into my ride that saw me taking a quick break and he come up to me and talked to me and asked me about the ride and this and that and then he handed me 20 bucks oh nice and i thought okay well this is validation that 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 i'm on the right track and then within within hours i had um someone who was following my ride uh send me a message that 
uh, yeah, there's a place here. You can set up your tent. You can grab a shower. You can do laundry. And there's supper here waiting for you kind of deal in the Halliburton area. And it's like, wow, okay. So I, um, it, it looks like, they're, they're, you know, I'm good to go. Um, so, yeah. So I, yeah, cause, I heard yeah, the, I heard the Halliburton I area is nice too. I was supposed to go do a gravel race there for fun. and uh... Okay. Yeah. Well, see, that was the thing eh, is, is, you know, I made the tough decision, which, you know, I, you know, I mean, it was, it was the right decision, but I made the tough decision to bypass the GTA, you know, the greater Toronto area. Like I'm from Hamilton area ish. And so everyone I know they're from Hamilton, you know what I mean? That's, you know, it's sort of my, my, mm-hmm. my backyard mm-hmm. and I, I completely bypassed it. Um, which in hindsight, I think was a good idea. And, and the fact that the invitations kept coming, um, you know, I think that sort of validated that it, yeah, it was, it was as tough of a decision as it was. It was the right decision. And after two and months so, in Kingston, I think you were probably like, you didn't want to, you, you felt like I need to push kilometers. And like, if I, if I visit one friend and I don't see another, then, you know, so then it, one day, two days becomes a week, two weeks. Yes. Yes. No, there is definitely that aspect of it's like, yeah, I, I have to get some miles under my belt. I just, I just lost 60 days. So yeah, there was also that urgency just to keep moving. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what did you do to keep busy in Kingston? Well, I mean, I'm always, well, I'm always busy. I was working on a few things. Like I'm always, you know, blogging. I did a bunch of extra blogs, um, I actually connected with the guy to help me with the, with my YouTube channel. So we sort of started that, um, slowly, but surely, mm-hmm. uh, what else? That was, that was a long time ago. I've done at least 7 billion things since May. Um, <laughs> I took a few walks. I took a few walks because I needed to get, uh, going a little bit stir crazy Yeah, and, uh, just, a, just a lot of writing, um, photo editing, um, I actually did do a, um, I applied for a mech ambassadorship of all things. Um, did, did it come equipment through? co-op. What's that? Did you get it? No. Well, I mean, I, I spent, I spent a good week on it and I, I think it was like a seven page thing, but then never heard back from them. I remember we enough. talked about it and I think you were just past the deadlines. I remember when we were talking about it, I thought, I said, I think I saw it and the deadlines are passed. And, but you said you'd probably give it a shot anyways. Cause Hey, no, harm, yeah, right? I, I had nothing, I had nothing to lose. It was kind of a, you know, good experience just to write one. But mm-hmm. then of course, you know, just what a month ago they sold anyway. So how I mean, does that make you feel? That annoys me endlessly. Yeah. It, it, it's, I don't, yeah. I mean like that, I mean, I don't really know much about all that and it, it sort of is what it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty frustrating that, um, because they are, you know, they were pr- pr- pretty much the premier, uh, camping outdoor retailer, you know, across this entire country for yeah. sure. You know, they, they, you know, they're, they had a few competitors, of course, but I mean, I've been in those competitor shops mm-hmm. and, and they don't, they don't hold a light to what, what Mech was and what Mech stands for and, and, you know, the, the service that they provide and the experience, like, yeah, nobody, nobody knows their gear like Mech does. And yeah, so, I would say like the, um, the exception, like personally, um, well here in Ottawa, we have a store called Bushtaka and, um, okay. I really like it because it's local yeah. to Ottawa and there's only two shops and, and it's like a, it's a very localized store. That's an outdoor gear shop. Yeah. I'll still go to Mech sometimes, but I'll, I usually try to support the Ottawa store more. Sure. Well, yeah, but the, yeah, but yeah, but you're, you're sort of, I'm, t- I'm thinking of some, some much bigger, but on retailers. a bigger scale, I don't know of any either. Yeah. Mech is yeah. Canada, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so to have, the, to have the, 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 you know, the, the premier outdoor, um, 
uh, retail store basically, uh, I mean, not go out of business, but then, be, you know, land in the hands of Americans or not, I should say Americans. That's not the right way to land in the hands of the American corporation. Um, that's just not right. Yeah. But then it's funny because it was like, um, I mean, well, I mean, it was already an American company too, but I mean, it's like I, uh, you know, I drove for Fortman cookies, which, you know, you know Burlington and it's actually in, it's, it was in the family kind of deal. And, and, you know, it was a Canadian company, mm-hmm. um, hundreds of employees and, you know, it was sold to an American company. And then, uh, in January of, of this past year, Hostess out of Kansas, you know, Hostess potato chips bought them out. So out okay. of Kansas. So, you know, so another company, Canadian mm-hmm. company, iconic company that, uh, is in the hands of American corporations. And like you, you like to often go and sit there till 10 PM is Tim Hortons too. You know, it's not been Canadian for a long time and yeah, yeah, we still call it Canadian and everybody's like, yeah, Tim Hortons. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's not really Canadian anymore. It's just a name. Nope. Nope. Which is too bad. But, yeah. Yeah. So do you think that, um, I mean, you, you've had some very good experiences with Mech, um, with even regards to their, their customer service on your, your tent. Uh, you yeah. got your bike, your bike is a Mech branded bike, right? Um, yeah. Mech national. Do you see yourself being more looking for the local shops to see if you can do things or are you going to still stick to going to Mech whenever? I guess your days well, in Canada are pretty close to an end, so it's irrelevant. I was going to say that's the thing is 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 is, is I, I'm hoping to fly to Seattle like in like less than two weeks, hopefully like ten days ish, okay, maybe nine, ideally. I'm actually anxious as soon as I can get to Seattle, the happier I will be. Um, it's just you know just sort of getting myself there. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'll be leaving Canada pretty shortly. That being said, you know, I was in a mech only, well, I haven't been in, obviously, I'm on Vancouver Island right now, currently actually in the town of Duncan. Um, but, you know, only like three weeks ago, I was in Vancouver and I was in a mech. Um, you know, they are still my go-to for sure. They're, you know, I, I, I know what they carry and I know where their stuff is. So, you know, they are definitely my go-to for first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and their prices are competitive. If you, you know, if you go on Amazon to price check, you know, max prices are pretty much spot on. Yeah. So. True. And, um, yeah, I mean, when I went to Vancouver for my bike tour to start, I was going to Mech to get the last few things, you know, and it's like, Oh shit, mm-hmm. I need this. I need that. And like, went yep. to Mech. All right. So let me just, uh, reestablish myself because we have jumped around a bit from what I thought, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> Became the Mech, the Mech po- podcast. So it's, while you were in Kingston, actually, you did something you called the uh, Safari RE Roadshow. Why don't you tell us about that? I think it sounds pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, sure. That's right. Yeah, I did. That's right. Well, I did mention that we kind of got a guy with YouTube. And so we, uh, yeah, he, he was interested in, in helping me with my channel. His name's Brandon McCaskill, and he's, he's been amazing. Um, basically, he just he gives me his time for free. And, you know, and so it's actually been awesome. I mean, the hope is that maybe someday down the road I can turn the, you know, the channel will turn into something and then he'll get his portion of whatever advertisement revenue, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's what YouTube does. Right. Um, yeah, we, well, cause see what happened was, is in the winter I was doing a fair amount of live shows, mm-hmm. but I just, uh, I don't know. I never got comfortable with them. I always felt like I was rambling. Um, and, uh, and then someone who was, you know, a, a regular watch, you know, regular follower of the ride, he kind of pointed out that, you know, Hey, when you do a podcast, when there's a second person involved, you usually do a pretty darn good job okay. as far as articulating yourself and 
kind of talking and kind of getting to the point and engaging, you know, the, the, the topic or, or whatever. And he just sort of said, you know, when you got that second person, it usually tends to make a big difference. And I was like, you're right. And so then that's when I, 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 I mentioned to my YouTube guy, I said, Hey, what do you think about doing a show? Um, just to kind of keep me more focused and engaged into what exactly I'm saying. And so, yeah, so we started like, yeah, the Safari Ari road show. Um, we've only released, and then, so what we've done sort of since then is we did release a, a an Atlantic Canada documentary way, way back, it was mm-hmm. like an hour yeah. long. It was basically my live stuff with some of the footage that I did. I did, that was the thing is I video is very intimidating for me. Very intimidating. It's tough, right? And like, yeah. And when I, and when I reflect back, it's like, I did not take nearly, I didn't even take a fraction of the, the video that I should have when I was out in Atlantic Canada. But I was just too, it just intimidated me and I didn't want to pull my camera out in the frigid temperatures. And so yeah. I didn't. And, and maybe um, also just unaware of what it actually takes to make good video, right? Like it's, that's not just like, you know, sometimes you might think, oh, I've taken lots of video. But when you go and you realize that only, you know, a videographer probably uses 5% or less of the video they take, you're like, oh yeah, shit, like yeah. I should have taken way more. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And so, but anyways, Brandon, he's, 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 he's up for the challenge and, uh, he loves going through it and turning it into something. So it's like, so when I had that guy on my side, it's like, okay, I'll start taking way more. And so I, I have, I have incrementally increased my, the, 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 the footage that I take, I'm more quicker to, to pull out the GoPro and, and take some video. Um, and so anyways, we did do the Atlantic Canada. Um, we are way, way, way behind on Ontario. I actually just did the audio, believe it or not, last week for the Ontario. Okay. Um, cause basically what you're going to do is we're going to do, um, like I said, we did Atlantic Canada to Quebec. Now we're doing one for Ontario. And then I actually also did the audio for the prairies to the badlands, which will be Manitoba border to Calgary. Okay. And then, and then we'll do a Calgary to Victoria one. And then, you know, I'm not sure exactly what we'll do as far as the U S in regards to, um, I just sort of have to see when I get down there, what yeah. kind of happens as far as you know, the States maybe do like, you know, maybe do uh, Seattle to, to San Francisco kind of deal mm-hmm. or something like that. But um, anyways, the plan is to do regular uh, documentaries. And he's also, we've, we've also taken some of the, you know, I, I have on occasion, I still do a live on occasion um, when it's kind of more, it's, it's sort of a, sort of a milestone. Like when I reached the Pacific coming into Vancouver, I did a live and, okay. and then I did a live when I dipped my wheels in the ocean in Tofino at Long Beach. I did a live one there and then I actually did a live in Uculet cause I was on the, right at the, the shoreline and it was just epic. Um, just the waves coming in and everything. So I did another live there. And, what place is that? Um, uh, Uculet. How do you spell Over that? by Tofino. Oh, it's near Tofino. Yeah, you just saw Highway 4 from, from mm-hmm. Nanaimo. You kind of go up the island a little bit to Qualicum Beach, and then you turn off, you go to Cathedral Grove, and it's just the most epic part of the, the island. It's just, I, I, I took over, because like, I had a host in Qualicum Beach, and I headed to Tofino, and I took 10 days to get back to Qualicum Beach, mm-hmm. and I took over 1,800 photos. 1800 photos in like less than 10 days well and i mean i was pedaling for a number of those days so let's say i took 1800 photos in say five or six days wow um, that's yeah insane yeah, exactly. number of pictures yeah so i mean that was it was it's just an epic part of the country for sure um and you cycled all the way to tofino yeah yeah oh yeah that's yeah, so yeah. nice isn't it yeah 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've driven it, but and I've never, so, never biked it. What's that? I've driven to Tofino a couple times. Oh, it's really well, sweet. It, is, it, is, it is a pretty crazy stretch of highway by far that highway for um especially yeah from cathedral grove or whatever more or less all the way is it's probably the most dangerous highway i've ever driven or sorry driven pedaled yeah um by far there isn't really you know people talk about the trans canada or whatever but it's like yeah no you haven't been on this highway um you know if, you, if you've been on the, yeah it's this is the most craziest section of highway i've ever done um but yeah, so anyways, yeah, we're doing a bit of, yeah. And the other thing is, is we just started doing a bit of a talk show, uh, YouTube show where I just, um, I guess in a way I ramble on, but more, uh, topic specific where, um, just cause you know, that's the thing with the, the, when we do the road show because of people's attention span, it's like, you know, try to cram in as much as you possibly can in five minutes because most people only have the attention span of 25 seconds. Um, but the thing is, though, is I miss those long conversations, like mm-hmm. kind of like how you have with your podcast. You don't really have a time limit on it. Yeah. And those are the conversations I actually like. And so I actually suggested to him on another style of show, like, hey, why don't we just hit record and just talk? And whatever we talk about, we talk about. And if it goes for 30 minutes, whatever. If it goes for an hour, who cares? And if people don't want to listen, that's fine because um, I just want to talk. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's what I figured. And I think like... I mean, the people that won't listen maybe to the whole thing are people that like aren't that interested in, for example, bike touring itself. They might be just people you know that are like, oh, I want to see what he's up to. And after a few minutes, tune mm-hmm. out. But then like yeah. the people that are interested, are, they're going to listen, you know? like Yeah, no. And that's the thing is, is, is just, you know, now that I've been on the road for as long as I have, it's, it's starting to focus on, you know, because I, you know, I do keep track of my followers and it is kind of funny when people all of a sudden stop following and it's like, you wonder, well, why did they stop following? But at, you know, when I think about it, it's like, in one sense, I actually don't really care why they stopped following Google forms. Why did you stop following me? Was it because of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, this, but no, but what I'm getting at though, is, is it, is if someone stops following, it's at the end of the day, re, at, at the end of the day, basically, it's like they weren't my audience to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not my audience to begin with, then, then really, you know, no, there's no point in people wasting each other's time. I would rather have, I'd rather have a solid engaging audience than, you know, a massive audience that doesn't care. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I've just, it's funny just how, you know, after you've been on the road for long enough, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm I want quality and I want substance. Um, and, and that's what I'm all about right now. Do, uh, do, do you regret at all the 60 day break or do you kind of wish you would have kept going? Um, no, I mean, well, see, the thing is, is because like the reality is, is Canada was very much stay at home. Like that mm-hmm. was, that was the attitude across the board, stay at home, stay at home. Um, and so, I mean, it sucked, but the thing is, is, you know, it sucked for tons of other people way more than it did me. You know what True I mean? That. Yep. And the way I have to really, I honestly, the way I have to look at things is even when things like the, the reality is, is this ride has been like unbelievably epic. Like it really has, like, it's just, it has been the most awesome experience that I think I couldn't even imagine. Like, honestly, I would never even expected this to be like 20% as good as it has been. And so even when I come across something that, uh, sucks or like, or like I've had, you know, you get those little situations where it's like, you know, where someone kind of maybe like someone pisses you off, like in a retail store, like the, the, you know, the, the person serving you or whatever. 
but it's like very quickly, I'm, I have to check myself. It's like, hold on a second. You've had the most amazing year of your entire life as far as experiences and as far as generosity and as far as it's everything and anything. It's like you are the very, very, very last person mm-hmm. to complain about anything. And so I constantly remind myself that, that even if, even if I'm about, even if something I don't like, it's like, hold on a second. How does this look? How does this compare in the big picture? And it's like, you know what? I have nothing to complain about. Um, so yeah, so 60 days sucked, but it sucked way worse for most people. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is most people like on a day to day basis have to live with this COVID situation in their day to day lives. Now, Dude, yes, you have no idea. I I'm a teacher. Too. It's insane. Like, yeah, no, exactly. Oh my yeah, God. Exactly. Exactly. My life compared to your life. In, in that respect, like I'm like roses, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, oh, so, I, totally dig it. I get it. You know, I mean, it's not that I don't have to stand in line on occasion. It's not that I don't have to put a mask on, on occasion, like the rest of the world does, but you know, yeah, you're a teacher and I'm biking just down the highway. Um, you know what I mean? Like, do I really realistically have anything to complain about? Heck no. Mm-hmm. And so I just, uh, I'm just constantly mindful of that, that like I am living the luckiest life that anybody could live because while everyone's watching the news being depressed, <laughs> I'm living it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So and, I, uh, I really... and once you're outside of Ontario and Quebec, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I found that this summer when I was traveling through BC, Yukon, it was really a non-issue for the most part. Like, you know, um, the, once you got out of the big yes. cities and you're away from Ontario, Quebec, it's pretty, uh, mm-hmm. I felt like people were pretty chill. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like the thing is, is once I got on the road, like back on the road from Kingston, mm-hmm. I really didn't come across a whole lot of anything. It wasn't actually really till I got to the end of Ontario, Fort Francis. Fort Francis, yeah, half the, half the places were closed or had limited business hours. Masks were mandatory in all the stores, yada, yada, yada. It was just, it was a little bit of a shock mm-hmm. compared to the rest of Ontario, Fort Francis. And then when I got into um, uh, Manitoba, I mean, yeah, everything was pretty cool there in Manitoba. No real issues whatsoever. Um, was it Saskatch- was it tough to get back on the bike? Uh, no. Uh, oh no, no, no. It actually, it was just the legs, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was physically demanding. I mean, yeah, because mm-hmm. like Ontario, like because I mean, I left Kingston. I got on Highway Seven. You know, and within a day, I was off of Highway 7 heading towards that host in the Halliburton area. Yep. And then that's when the hills hit. And the hills, the hills went all the hills went all the way to the Manitoba border. Yeah, they don't like, stop. It's funny. I mean, I, I've driven a truck across this, this country. I don't know how many times. And I had, I honestly, I had no idea how many hills were in this, on this, in this, in this province. And, and I just, it just, the hill started. And the hills never ended until I got to Manitoba. It's funny. You um, don't really think about it. Like until you're, you're driving down highway 17 or you're like paying actually after cycling, like, or when you're cycling in your case and you're all of a sudden you're like, man, there's a lot of rolling hills. Like, holy crap. Oh, like it, I would it's, be. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. Um, and just as you come over the yeah. rise of another one, you see the downhill and then you see the next rise and you're like, God, Jesus, yeah. why? Yeah. All, all day, every day. In fact, like I didn't even get, you know, I talked about earlier about how Ottawa to Brockville, I pedaled 141 kilometers. I did not actually break a hundred kilometers until I got west of Thunder Bay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I did not break a hundred and I, I'm, you know, I had this anticipation of a bunch of hundred kilometer days here and there, try to get caught up, yada, yada, yada. 
I did not break 100 kilometers until I got west of Thunder Bay. And that was actually simply because um, a co-driver of mine, he just randomly called me. And he's like, where are you? Like he's, oh, I saw that post, yeah. Yeah, he's an older guy, so he's not like on Facebook, but he occasionally goes to my website or he asks one of his daughters to check where I am on Facebook, like where is Ari kind of deal. And, and he does actually still to this day, he still calls me usually about once a month or every other month. And anyways, he just randomly called me in Nipigon and he's like, where are you? And I said, well, I'm on Highway 11 on my way to Fort Francis. And he his daughters live in Winnipeg. So he's like, okay, I'll be there in a couple hours. I'm in Nipigon. And so... Uh, so he actually detoured the 70 kilometers to say hi to me. And so I ended oh, that's up, nice. I ended up keep pedal. I kept pedaling because I knew it'd be easier for him to locate me pedaling on the, on the highway than it would be if I ducked into the bush and tried to set up a tent or whatever. So mm-hmm. that day was the first time I broke a hundred kilometers, uh, since, since starting back on the road. And then I forget my mileage, but I did break a hundred kilometers, um, once or twice later, I, I know that when I got to the Ontario border that day, um, I also broke a hundred okay. kilometers. Um, yeah, there's some so about I truckers. Bro- truckers are so friendly to my, my dad's cousin is, uh, he's a long haul trucker and he was, he was so disappointed. I didn't tell him about my tour when I saw him in Chilliwack. He's like, I would have taken my holidays and driven as your escort lead vehicle through the Cassier highway just for your safety and protection. I'm like, wow, that's really wow. nice of you. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, that's the other thing is, you know, people talk about, you know, especially like, like fellow cyclists or whatever, you know, as far as touring, and they talk about, you know, the dangers of trucks and this and that. And I got to be honest, I was actually because I mean, I was a truck driver and, you know, cyclists in many ways are are, are a very inconvenient uh, fact of, of the road simply because especially like in Ontario, two lane road, and you're trying to get up over these hills, and then you come across a cyclist, and you can't see over the hill. So you're, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shift right down to, yeah. to low gears, which is really, really inconvenient for a truck driver. Thing was, is I was shocked. I was shocked at how many truck drivers gave me friendly waves and honks. I oh, was yeah. shocked. It was it like, honestly, Northern Ontario, the drivers going through there, uh, hats off to them. They were so friendly. I was, I was actually shocked. Do you think, um, um a part of that was because of COVID and there being I mean, significantly less traffic on the highways um, that it gave the trucks more space to give us. Like in a, in another um, scenario, we might not have had that accommodation. No, I, I well, I mean, the, the thing is, well, I mean, accommodation, I mean, the reality is, is I, I'm taking up part of their lane, so they don't really have a whole lot of choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I suppose the traffic was a little bit lighter. Um it seems still seem pretty heavy to through, me in many through BC, ways through BC and Yukon. I found that, um, well, because there was very, very few, um, RVs on the roads, you know, like none of the mm-hmm. Americans were coming through or very few at that. A lot of yep. Canadians were staying home. Like, as you said, we had the mentality yep. of stay at home. Um, so a lot of times, I mean, 99% of the time, the transport truck was completely in the opposite lane going past me, you know, full lane width away. Oh, oh Perfect, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't have asked for him better, you know? Yeah, no. If, obviously, if if they can give you the space, they're going to give you the space, right? And and if and if the if the roads are busy with other traffic, then they they can't give you that space. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know they're you know they're a whole lot better trained than than the people driving the RVs. Like when it when it That's you right. know most drivers when they when they are going down the road, 
you know, they pretty much know where you are and they know how much space they got. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we're trained to navigate tight, tight spaces. So, you know, nine times out of 10, if a truck driver is coming up, like if he's coming up along close to you, he, he still knows where you are. He still sees you. Mm -hmm. Um, the the worst case would be for you to do something erratic because he can't predict that. yes. Yes. No, exactly. Um, has there been any negativity by people? Um, I'm sorry, all. say that again. Have you had any, experienced any negativity by anybody throughout the tour? Absolutely not. Not at all. Absolutely not. I've, I've had, I've had no negativity since the day I left on this ride. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah, how how do you feel crazy. the fact that the Sioux, uh, the Sioux Star copied and posted the same article that Sudbury started? Bastards. I'm sorry, say, say that again. <laughs> the, the Sioux Star copied and posted the same article as the Sudbury Star. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I assume that they probably own the same company. I'm assuming all, it's owned by the same, yeah. Yeah, it's the same company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I did actually make it in quite a bit of media um, through Ontario because uh, the guy that hosted me in um, in the Halliburton area, he called uh, a, a local friend or acquaintance that's a cyclist. And so he came out and interviewed me. Oh, that's and cool. And then I went to some friends in Bondfield uh, just outside North Bay, mm-hmm. and he deals with the media on a regular basis. So the Cochico News actually came to his place and did a story on me for the news. And then from there, and it just kind of escalated, next, yeah. Well, then, then what happened? Then the next, the next day, when I went to North or like through North Bay, the North Bay newspaper called me, thanks to my friend. And then I reached <laughs> out to the Sudbury, and then yeah, Sudbury took on the Sault Ste. Marie. But see, like this, you want to talk about craziness when it comes to stories here. So the Sault Ste. So I forget which one that she actually read, but I had a host in Fort Francis because mm-hmm. I went, I took the Highway 11, which for other cyclists, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you from Thunder Bay to to the Manitoba border, take Highway 11 to Highway 71. It's 70 kilometers more, but that's, you know, but that being said, with 70 kilometers more, nobody drives it unless you're going to Fort Francis, which means like nobody's on it. That's the way I was going to cycle back to Ontario if I had had the time, but I was just out of time. It was beautiful. Now, that being said, a local on 71 did tell me that on the weekends, typically that 71 is busy because there's a lot of Minnesota people have cottages in that area. Mm. But with the border closed, yep. it was, you know, there was no Americans. So 71 is known to be busy on the weekends. But anyways, Highway 11, 71, unbelievably beautiful. Just, yeah. oh my goodness. Well, I, I mean, and even, it. and if the borders weren't closed, you could have just cut right through to the bottom of Manitoba and you'd save oh, like hundreds yes, of kilometers. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes well, exactly. Maybe, maybe exactly. over a couple hundred, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I, I, I um, regress. Uh, so what happened was, is I had a host in Fort Francis. Mm-hmm. She sends me this message that she read me in one, one of those papers. She said, if you come through Fort Francis, you got a place to stay. Wow, nice. So anyways, um, I, uh, 40 kilometers out of Fort Francis, my rear hub fails me. And um, all there is is a source for sports in town. And anyways... I show up, I believe, Thursday evening at 10 after 5, and the Source for Sports sh- closes at 10 after, or sorry, closes at 5, and I oh, showed up crap. at 10 after 5. So they were closed. So I had to go on the next day. Anyways, it's just a Source for Sports. They don't do bikes. Anyways, they tried to call Kenora to see if they could find me a new hub. It took forever for them to get back. They limited business hours, COVID. They were closed for the weekend. 
they finally track um, a hub in Thunder Bay, arrange for that to be shipped. Then it's Canada Day. Fast forward, <laughs> I was stuck in Fort Francis for seven days. No way. For seven wow. days. Yes, and this is after being stuck in Kingston for 60 days. I'm stuck in Fort Francis for seven days, and I had a roof over my head the whole time. Um, yeah, like I just even when I've had breakdowns, cause I've had a few, that was my biggest by far, but even when I've had some mechanical issues, um, I, it's, I've always come through with flying colors as far as people coming through and giving me a place to stay, people helping me. Um, but yeah, just unbelievable. Fantastic. In a, in a, all the wrong times, but perfect, perfect. You couldn't ask for better. Oh yeah. Um, so 71, I mean, it looks like it's a beautiful, like going up through Sioux Narrows and stuff. I, that's why Actually, I, I had planned to ride that area because I thought it looked like it would be epic. Yeah, probably the best way to describe it is it's actually like for people in Ontario, a lot of people might not appreciate, but it's basically like Muskoka Woods of, Ont- of, of Ontario. Okay. Well, and it is still in, in Ontario, but it's it's basically like a, a, another Muskoka Woods. Okay. Yeah. Which is basically the most beautiful part of Ontario. Never actually, I think I've been to Muskoka once, yeah. Time for a quick interruption to thank some of the Bike Tour Adventure partners. The Bike Tour Adventures podcast is proud to be partnered with Redshift Sports. Founded in 2013 by a team of mechanical engineers who happen to be avid cyclists, they've been focused on creating components that make a meaningful difference to the riding experience, such as the switch aero system, the shock stop suspension system, and the kitchen sink handlebar system. I've been using the dual position seat post paired with the shock stop stem since 2020 and have nothing but great things to say about their products. Beginning in 2010 with environmental sustainability as the main focal point, Restrap has been in the bag making business for quite some time. Having used a race back since 2021, I find their holster system and magnetic buckles to be extremely effective and truly unique. Named after the animals that roam the Tibetan Plateau, Cheru Endurance Bikes was started by Pierre-Arnaud Le Magnin in 2009. After noticing a lack of endurance bikes on the market, Pierre used his expertise, know-how, and racing experience to create high-end carbon fiber and titanium bikes for the discerning rider and racer. For discount codes, check out the show notes or go to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast website. Yeah. Okay, so um, where was I? What was I going to ask about? Oh, I was going to ask about um, problems with your bike, but I guess that would be the big one, right? Yeah, that was the big one. I was shut down for about a week. Um, frustrating, but I had a roof over my head. So, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if I had been stuck in a small town that was basically closed to COVID with just, you know, in a tent in the middle of a town with all my gear, like my bike was in pieces. So it's not like I could go anywhere or do anything. Like if I had been stuck, you know, without a roof over Mm -hmm. my head and I had a roof over my head for seven days. Um, and then as far as anything else, um, I, you know, he did cause he was not a bike mechanic. He said, you know, you might want to get this hub looked at, um, you know, down the road, which I did not do because I just, you know, when you walk into a bike shop, it tends to get expensive. And so I didn't. And so I actually ran into some issues, um, in Alberta. And so I was, uh, I had to, was, the bike was back in the shop for about four or five days in Calgary. But once again, I had a host for that. I, I had a roof over my head for that. Um, 
And then my Dynamo hub sailed me. I don't know when I left Calgary uh, from that bike shop, I realized a few days later, my Dynamo hub was not working. And so I had that look in Vancouver and with a, a bike shop that specializes in Dynamo hubs. Mm-hmm. And he just said something to the effect that it looks like there might be some corrosion. Like they kind of hooked it up to a, a meter or whatever to, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand how a dynamo hub works, but they hooked it up to something to try to figure out, you know, if there was a charge or this and that. And they felt that there was some corrosion probably from the winter in there. And they said, you know, some contact cleaner might help, but we don't know for sure. And I was just, you know what? I said, forget it. I just, I, I don't, I try not to bike in the dark um, and winter's over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, 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 the dynamo lights and the hub, it just, it just was, just cost too much money. I just, I said enough is enough. Um, I probably a good idea that I had the dynamo hub in the winter, I, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm still alive, so the lights Fair probably enough, help, yep. <laughs> but, um, I just, I just, I don't, I just don't think you'll see me do a dynamo hub again for what okay. I've paid into what, it. Yeah. The what what kind it. of dynamo did you have? Do you know? S- SP. You had the SP. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had K lights, um, like the K light, the, the dual charger, the, the, the switch, the rear light it was like 700 Canadian dollars. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you, know, you do with it SP. all? Um, I'm actually trying, I was try. I did post it just a few days ago, trying to sell it. Um, I'm trying, I, cause I do have some winter gear, um, mm-hmm. obviously, and it's actually sitting in Prince Edward Island. And so I'm actually slowly trying to maybe put some of that on my Facebook page and try to sell it. But what I'm trying to do in order to get a reasonable price for it, I'm trying to sell it where a hundred percent of the sale goes to, um, planting trees, like to a charity. Oh, cool. So like rather than like, for example, if I, if I paid a hundred bucks for something rather than sell it for 25 bucks, cause it's like, what's the point? It's like, well, maybe I could sell for 50 or 60 bucks, but you know, a hundred percent of that money will actually go to charity. To right. Rather than, yeah, just get peanuts, might as well get half the value or close to it. And then, uh, yeah. And then, and then it actually does some good. Oh, very cool. So that's, so I, I posted, I posted the dynamo lights. Nobody really responded. I also posted my stud studded tires. Um, cause I sw- I swapped them out in Kingston, but no one's really responded to that either. Um, I have a few other things that I've yet, like my sleeping bag, I'll probably try to sell. Um, Are your studded tires 26s or 20, like 700 C? Yeah, they're the 700 by 35s. All right. Well, we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so what I want to talk about too is, I mean, I actually, I had a question before we, I know we kind of sure. jumped into the prairies and in, in Ontario, what were, yep. your, how did you feel about highway 17 or just the roads in general in Ontario? I know like I personally, I don't think they're that um, great, you know, compared to the prairies had nice wide shoulders for most part that I rode and Quebec has good mm-hmm. shoulders. And you know what? I just, I kind of zoned it out. I, um, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I honestly, I actually really just zoned it out. Um, and I just didn't let, I just didn't let the traffic bother me. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, we were in the middle of COVID and it was pretty apparent the traffic was, you know, way down. Like, I think in many ways it's like, that was the other thing about COVID is like, you know, there was obviously some inconveniences, but the, the reality was, is there was nobody around. So mm-hmm. that meant like when it came to traffic, it was way, way lighter when it came to photos, you know, I didn't really have to like wait around for people to move or whatever, or, you know, you know, especially like when I was in Ottawa, I did the parliament buildings. I could take all the photos I wanted without 
without people in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some huge benefits to, to being on a bike during COVID for sure. Um, but you know, as far as the shoulders and all that, I mean, I, I actually used a pool noodle for, for much of Ontario. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it attached made... to your trailer in one of your pictures. Yeah. I, I, I use one sporadically. Like I, I have one with me right now, but I haven't really used it in a while. I used it when I went to Tofino, but I mean, it's like, um, yeah, I use one for part of Ontario or, or like heading, heading to, to out of Ontario. But then I think. So for, uh, for simplicity's sake, why don't you tell people, cause some people might not be aware of the, the pool noodle quote unquote and how amazing it is. So I'll, I'll let you explain it just since. Uh, oh, well, I, I never had a swimming pool, so I don't even really know what a pool noodle is used for. I don't like to get wet, <laughs> but it's just, it's just a styrofoam. Uh, I mean, what is about four feet long? I think it is. And it's, it's, just the, usually they're colorful, blue, pink, or red, or whatever. And yeah, it's and they're like a, a buck and a half from Dollarama or something like that, right? Two yeah, bucks. they're like yeah, they're they're like a buck and a half from Dollarama. But the, the reality is, is I get all my pool noodles off the off, off the off the side of the road in the ditches. Um, I, I, so yeah, you just have to pedal long enough. That that's what happens that and bungee left. cords, right? If I, I need a bungee cord, <laughs> yeah. just ride a bike down yeah, the highway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I when I left when I left Kingston, I got you know part way through my first day, and and I'm pedaling it, and and I had seen the pool noodles people had posted them, and I thought, oh, you know what, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll um, maybe I'll use that when I hit Mexico or something where things are really really crazy or whatever. And then I was first day, I'm I'm pedaling along, and 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 I, I look in the ditch, and there's a pool noodle, and I went, oh my goodness, there's one there for free, and. Um, uh, I immediately did a U-turn because I thought, you know what, I'm, it's there for free. I'm going to give it a, a try and see if this thing works. And it works amazing. Um, and funny thing is, is nobody really gives you a hard time or no one's upset. I didn't get any nasty honks. Um, people gave you the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't let it stretch out the whole way. I try to be mindful of the fact that, you know, these cars are also trying to just get from point A to point B themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I do, I do, I do sort of, it stretches out, you know, from one side of my bike to the other. I maybe let it stick out maybe two and a half feet or whatever. Okay. Um, and, but yeah, no, it, it actually works amazing. Um, there's a lot of places if it's, if there's wide shoulders, I mean, you can have it, but I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, I think when I when I got into Manitoba, it's like, oh yeah, these shoulders are pretty cool. I don't need to use a pole noodle anymore. Um, and well, I, just, I think it's definitely just, something I would use if I had a trailer too. I mean, I've also heard that people generally give more; they're more giving when they see somebody with a trailer because the trailer is very obvious that it's wider. You know, yes. so yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I honestly, if I've had if I've had two or three people honk angrily at me in the last 12,000 kilometers, I mean, I, 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 it can't be more than three. It really can't be, um, you know, and I've actually knock on wood, whatever. I've really had no close calls. That's good. Um, I mean, sometimes it's like a car is, it's like a car goes by and it's like, wow, dude, you know, you didn't have to be be quite that close, you know? Mm. Um, but you know nothing where I had to stop and catch my breath, like oh my goodness, like I almost died here. I, I I've yet to have that. Um, but you know that's technically potentially just around the next corner that experience. Yeah, well, um, you know, last time we talked, you were you were heading up to um, Winnipeg, and then you were going to go north to the pass, and then uh, and then west towards Prince Albert and all these things. I know your your route changed 
drastically. Yeah, through I mean, COVID. I, yeah, I was, I was, I was considering going up to the paw for sure. Yeah, the paw, um, not the pass. Yeah, the paw. And because um, I thought that would actually be kind of cool, um, you know, because how many cyclists go up there? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, with losing sixty days to, in Kingston, it's like, well, that a little bit kiboshed it. But then also, that was the one thing about Northern Ontario. And which actually included into north into northern uh, Manitoba is a lot of the areas where you know where native um, communities were. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were closed off. Um, they definitely did not want visitors at all. And so I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I couldn't even have gone up there if, even if I wanted to. I had the um, same experience in um, in BC. Like as soon as you get north in BC, up on the Cassiar and stuff, all the reserves mm-hmm. were closed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a lot of, uh, native, uh, populations up there. So that was not even really an option. And then at the same time, it's like, yeah, making up for the 60 days ish, um, you know, that was a little bit out of the way. And then at the same time, it was looking more and more apparent that the Arctic was not going to open at all. No. And from my perspective, it seemed to make more sense to just go straight across to Calgary than it did to take the Yellowhead up to Edmonton um, because assuming that the Arctic was not going to open, being, excuse me, being in Edmonton didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, and so it just made more sense just to stick right across. And might have been nice because you could have driven, ride, ridden from into Jasper and then down to Banff, which would have been pretty kick-ass. <laughs> yeah, except the thing is, though, is my experiences. Like, okay, so Ontario was obviously a very challenging province. That's, that's usually, like, well, people ask, I say challenging or demanding. Um, I don't necessarily say difficult because if I call Ontario difficult, then I might be in a little bit of trouble moving forward as far as where, you know, the rest of the places I'm going. So I, I kind of categorize Ontario as a demanding province. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an accomplishment, that's for sure. Um, when I got into Manitoba, Manitoba was just such a pleasant, pleasurable <laughs> experience because gone were the hills flat, uh, i had nice flat, sunny skies oh. i had fluffy blue clouds um like so getting into manitoba was just such a pleasure um and when you were in ontario I, you know, was it the 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 heat were they in the middle of that heat um oh, what do you call it um a heat wave the heat wave yeah um do you know what i don't it's kind of sound weird but like i don't really i don't really pay attention to heat waves because i just i just kind of push through so like if you say there's a heat wave i say oh okay well, I, know there was sure, one I, guess. I just don't know when yeah um well the thing is is to just sort of fast forward i mean um like okay so i got rained on when i was when i was leaving kenora i got rained on when i was leaving kenora ontario mm-hmm. that's you know right near the manitoba border um Anyways, the next time I got rained on, like full-blown rained on, where like I got wet, was when I was in Vancouver uh, going to Horseshoe Bay to catch the ferry to come mm-hmm. here to the island. I went the entire summer without getting rained wow. on. I went through Manitoba. I went through Saskatchewan. I went through Alberta. And I went all the way to Vancouver without getting rained on. That's impressive. Like, I can't say I was that lucky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I made it through a mild winter. And then my summer was zero rain the entire summer. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, so like Manitoba was was actually it was it was really 
it was really, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I had two amazing hosts, uh, one in Winnipeg. She actually convinced me to stay a little longer to actually check out some of Winnipeg. Cause that's the thing is I driven a truck, you know, uh, across Canada enough times, you know, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, not a whole lot there to be offered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just want to, and that's the thing. Most cyclists, they just want to get through as quickly as possible. And so anyways, in Winnipeg, Winnipeg was pretty cool. Cause the, the host, she kind of convinced me, Hey, you should just check out Winnipeg a little bit for a day. And so I, I said, all right, okay. And I went to the art museum and the human rights museum. And I walked around the forks and downtown, the legislative buildings and it, it was it was actually a pretty pretty cool experience. It's a nice, then, nice little yeah. It's got a nice downtown. It's got a lot of social issues right now, but it's uh, it's got a nice downtown. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I actually had a host who's been following me from way back, and he's like hardcore fan uh, at CFB Shiloh, which mm-hmm. is the uh, the Canadian Forces base just outside of Brandon. Yeah, I see. Um, and I ended up staying there for like five days because. Poor guy, Steve, if he's listening for <laughs> poor Steve has nobody to talk to about bikes. And uh, so, <laughs> and, we, and we got along so well. Well, he's actually into bike packing. And so, and we got along so well. Um, and so I ended up staying like five days at his place, um, which was the first time on a, on a, a Canadian Forces base. He's a, he's a captain in the artillery oh, okay. uh, forces division. And, um, so, you know, that was basically Manitoba. Like it's mm-hmm. only like what, 488 kilometers across. It's not so huge. It's pretty much straight. Sure. Yeah. But now the thing was, is then I get into Saskatchewan and at Musiman, I actually, which is sort of near the Saskatchewan Manitoba border. I actually got off the highway, um, because I had someone reach out way, 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 way back that if I came through by bank, um, he would interview me and, mm-hmm. um, by bank, like, so Musiman to Regina is kind of like on this arc. Yeah. And so I actually kind of went as the crow flies as a straight line to Regina. Anyways, I got stuck in 38 kilometers of soft gravel and a headwind. I was like, oh, my God. it was murder. It really was. <laughs> um, I hated every minute of it, but I knew like the next day, it's like, okay, this will just be a memory. So, so you were you know, on whatever. like some of the, some of this like highway 48 or something, like one of these smaller highways that kind of yeah, slipping yeah, south it just, of it just, highway tur- one. It just all the, yeah, all of a sudden it turned into gravel. Um, and so, but whatever, it, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it's, uh, you know, I still, I, it's a memory that I, <laughs> I haven't forgotten obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, you know, that was the thing I learned about Saskatchewan is so much of Saskatchewan is actually off the highways. Um, and, and I really, you know, I mean, actually, I still remember actually that next day I'm in this town, which I can't off the top of my mind, off the, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my mind, but anyways, you know, the Tim Hortons there was at the back of a pharmacy. Like I'm trying to get oh, into wow. Tim Hortons. I, I, I'm trying to get inside because like, there's a Tim Hortons sign, like a, like the front of a Tim Hortons, you know, the signage and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's no front door. And I'm like walking all around the building going like, how the heck, like, what's going on here? Like, am I that stupid? And then there was this signage on the front door of the pharmacy that basically said that this was the entrance for the Tim Hortons. Oh, wow. And usually when you go into a pharmacy, it's the pharmacist that's at the back. You know what I mean? Well, at the back of this one was a Tim Hortons. Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, cool memories all around. Um, made it to my bank. I did my interview. Uh, actually it was funny because I had a host waiting for me in South Butte. She actually canceled because she had MS and so I had some health issues, which 
you know, she was a high, high risk for COVID. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, and she was actually excited to see me. It was her husband that was a little bit nervous about it. And I was like, Hey, I get it. No worries. And then what happened was, is literally three hours later, um, some other cyclists, actually, I should put you in touch with them because they, they bike trikes and, uh, uh, they're going to go across Canada next year on, on trikes. So that might oh, be that of interest be so to cool, you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they, they reached out to me and they're like, Hey, are you in Regina? I said, no, I'm not for a few days. And they're like, do you need anything? And I'm like, well, does that include hosting? And they're like, absolutely. And so I actually spent two days with them. Uh, so three hours after my one host canceled on me, I had a, I had a new host in, in, in Regina. Um, and then, so anyways, so then from Regina, I went to Moose Jaw, which is in a really amazing city. I highly recommend people to visit Moose Jaw if you're, if you're I was there once when past. I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It is actually like, if you're, if you're going past, you really should go in. They're famous for their murals. Um, and I, I took hundreds of photos that day. Um, and I checked out and they've got the, whatever, Mac, the moose, the biggest moose. And you know, they got a bunch of stuff in Moose Jaw. So it's really cool. So, and then from there, I continued to Swift Current where I ran into some trailer issues. Uh, my, my trailer wheel actually failed me again. In Swift Current, um, yeah? Yeah. And, and that guy, um, I can't think of the guy's name. Pedal Works was his, well, he was, it was kind of a hobby bike shop. And all he does is just fix things for the heck of it. And anyways, he was scared to work on my tire because my, my wheel, cause he wasn't, I don't think it's like kind of a hobby thing. So he wasn't a true blue bike mechanic. So anyways, he raced over to the dump, found a Walmart bicycle with whatever, a 13 or 16 inch wheel and uh, brought it back to the bike shop, re-greased it all up, put it on the trailer and said, there you go. Enjoy. That'll, that'll get you to Calgary when someone can look at your wheel properly. Um, and then from Swift Current, I, that was where I took Highway 32 and I went northwest to um, Great Sandhills because um, ultimately I was actually headed towards the Hoodoos. And I just wanted a more what is the Great Sand interest- Hills? Uh, sorry, what's that? What is the Great Sand Hills? The Great Sand Hills are just it's just these sand dunes in the middle of Saskatchewan. Well, I shouldn't say in the middle of Saskatchewan. They're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They are fairly close to the Manitoba. Sorry, Manitoba. They're fairly close to the Alberta border. Um, basically, if you if you go to Swift Current or if you go through Swift Current, just on the west side of Swift Current, there's a Highway 32, and Oh my goodness, that's actually where like, cause it was funny because people always talk about the flatness and the vastness of Saskatchewan. Yeah. And I've driven across a bunch of times in a truck and it's like, well, it's pretty flat, but you know, there's trees there and there's trees over there and there's a farm here and there's a farm there and, and there's a hill over there. Mm-hmm. And so I never really understood about the whole vastness and flatness thing. It just didn't really jive with me. But oh my goodness, when I got on Highway 32, it was like, oh, this is what they talk about. And it was like, oh my goodness, it was so flat, oh, it was it? so vast, like, oh my goodness, as far as the eye could see, as far as the <laughs> eye could see. And that was the crazy thing was, because when I got into Saskatchewan, what also disappeared was the clouds. And so I was so exposed. It was actually kind of a head trip being so exposed Um there was just no escaping it because actually it was pretty hot going through Saskatchewan. I was, I was, I was, I was getting pretty sunburned. Um, and there was just no escape. And that was the thing is, is actually through from Manitoba all the way to Calgary, basically when it came to my camping, my, you know, where I stayed, um, I literally camped 50 feet off the highway, um, beside the field, like not in the crops or on the crops, but basically right on the side, like where the farmer had his little driveway mm-hmm. to the field. 
that's where I set my tent up. I did the same Literally. thing, my man. Same yeah, thing. 50, yep. 50 feet from the road. Yeah, just um, along a tree line or whatever I could find just to sound well, the vowels yep, there there was, Yeah, there's no tree lines. It was just strictly right out, way, way out in the open, right in the open. Okay, yeah, where I was the most time, there was that, like, well, somewhere, like, you know, some people, they had cut down for farms and stuff, but then they left, like, one row of trees or something. That was it. Yeah, no, I actually, I never, if you look at all my photos, because I always take a photo every morning when I get out of my tent, just as kind of like sort of as a memory marker. Um, and if you look at all my photos from, uh, from Manitoba and Saskatchewan, um, except for the one night that I spent in Moose Jaw, um, you will see no trees as far as the eye can see. Okay. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so the great sand hills I got there. And, and that's just like I said, it's these massive sand dunes um, in Saskatchewan. And then you have to take gravel roads to get there and then uh, gravel roads to get out. And then, yeah, right near the town of Leader and you go through there and then you go to this place called Estuary. You take this tiny little ferry, brings you across. It's all gravel roads oh, yeah. and then you go west mm-hmm. and then you, you end up in Empress, Alberta. Um, oh, yeah. And that was kind of the border. Huh? Yeah. And that was actually kind of crazy because I get into Empress. And I mean, like... I've already bypassed at least a hundred crazy stories, but I'll, I'll mention this one. I get into Empress. Um, I haven't had a shower since Regina. Um, <laughs> and like, I'm just, I, there's, there's an, and I just kind of went through Saskatchewan. So there's an aspect where I'm a little bit fried from the, the prairies. And, um, so I get into this town and there's a campground and I asked the local, like, cause I'm re- trying to read the sign, trying to understand where do you go pay? Where do you do this? Whatever. And a local says, Oh, that red brick building. Th- those are the people that run the campground and it's this general store. And so I walk into this general store and, um, uh, it's, yeah, it's this general store with some art gallery slash whatever. And, the guy looks at me, the son, he looks at me, his name was Ted. And he looks at me and he goes, you're biking across Canada, aren't you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Um, he's like, set your tent up in the backyard. There's a shower upstairs for you. His mom pipes in and dinner's at six and take whatever you want to drink. And I'm like, uh, okay, what just happened here? And it's like, how the heck did you know and he goes, oh, well, he goes, he's kind of a big guy. And he's like, I know, he, this is what he's, his words. He goes, I know it doesn't look it, but I've actually biked across Canada like one and a half times. And you had that stare. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, you, I, could, I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay. Fantastic. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, then from there, I spent a few days there actually getting caught up on some stuff and from there, I went to Dinosaur Provincial Park, which was an amazing park. I actually spent a combined 12 hours. I was there for, like, as I got there in the evening, and I walked a trail to take photos, and then I didn't have to have a proper campsite, so I biked out of the park and camped on the boundary, once again, literally right beside the farmer's field. And then I went back in for a good part of the next day. So I'm going to say I was in there for a combined 12 hours. And I took 475 photos, I think, um, in those 12 hours. Um, pretty crazy. It's 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 a really beautiful park. And it's not and uh, the, it's not the same as Drumheller, is it? Drumheller's further. No, west. no, no. Because from from there, that's yeah. From there, I headed to the Hoodoo's, 
Um, actually, I headed to, well through the, on your way to the Hoodoos, you come to a town called Dorothy, which uh, Tom Cochran, um, what's that song? His uh, life on a high life is a, life is a highway song. Um, that's where they they recorded that video through the in this ghost town called Dorothy. Nice. Um, and then you go to the Hoodoos, and then yes, then it's Drumheller. Mm. Um, and that was the thing. Like, okay, another crazy story. So I'm at the Hoodoos. I get to the Hoodoos, and I. Once again, six days, no shower. Um, I was out of water. Uh, my battery packs were pretty much drained. And um, anything else? Like, well, just burnt out all around. And I, and I had actually made an appointment to go to the Royal Terrell Museum, the Dinosaur Museum in Drumheller. Because of COVID, you had to do by appointments. And so that appointment wasn't for a day and a half. And I'm looking at Google Maps for camping. And the campgrounds are like 35 40 bucks with no hydro. And I'm like, no way. Like, I'm not paying that for that. You know what I mean? And, but the thing was, is so I like, I, I like, I've got all these issues and instead, and I'm just, I don't even want to think about those issues. So what I actually did is I posted about trying to find a host in Calgary because I had to get that bike wheel, that trailer wheel fixed. And in the meantime, grease was mm-hmm. coming out of my rear hub again. Like, remember I had mentioned in yep. Fort Francis, how I, they said, get it looked at. And I didn't. Well, I started running into issues there. So I had to front, I had a rear wheel of the bike and the trailer that needed to get looked at in Calgary. And I had no idea how long that would take. And so I was actually more worried about that. So I posted to my audience, hey, can anyone host me in Calgary? And so I had friends from Hamilton, Ontario, go, are you in Calgary now? I said, no, I'm at the Hoodoos. I'll be in Calgary on Sunday. And they're like, well, do you need a host at the Hoodoos? And I'm like, who the heck knows anybody that lives at the Hoodoos? And I'm like, I go, yes, question mark, question mark, question mark. And like within like two minutes, her name is April. This is her phone number. She's expecting your call. She lives two miles from the Hoodoos. Wow, that's cool. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, and so I call her up and they're literally like two miles back. I had to backtrack two miles. And so all my issues of no shower for six days, battery packs drained, no water, no place to camp, all that was solved within five minutes. And then when I got into my tent that night, I had two people reach out for, for hosting in Calgary. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like it just. So the, uh, essentially yeah. the kindness that you experienced in the, the Maritimes never slowed down at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because then that's the thing was is. You know, I, I go to the museum a day and a half later. Then I make my way to Calgary. I'm there for basically a week. I spent most of the time at one guy's place. And then some people I actually met at Dinosaur Provincial Park. I I stayed there on my way out of Calgary. And then, yeah, I did Banff Jasper. And Jasper, Jasper was unbelievably, like, oh, my goodness. Oh, so you did cycle right. up to, from Banff up to Jasper, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you didn't know about that? No, no, I didn't know. Oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I get to Jasper and my plan was, and I, and that was the first time, like I booked two nights at the hostel, $49, the most expensive nights I've ever paid for ever. But I booked two nights because once again, it's like, I need a, you know, it's been six days or longer without a shower. Um, it was interesting because I actually connected with someone who also biked across Canada. Um, she'd actually reached out. So I left um, Ontario, May 19th, mm-hmm. she reached out to me May 24th to find out, okay, what's it like out there? And I told her it's all good. 
And she's like, well, I'm thinking of going from uh, Toronto to St. John's, Newfoundland, then fly to uh, Vancouver and then Vancouver to Toronto. And I'm like, well, you know, do what you got to oh, do. Cool. But cool yeah, cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is though, it's like, I, I said, you know, well, I said, I said, New Brunswick is closed. And she's like, well, I'll see if I can get in. And if I can't, I'll just turn around. And I said, well, look, you know, do what you got to do. Like certainly don't let me or anyone else talk you into anything. But if you pedal all the way from Toronto to New Brunswick and you get turned around there, that's going to suck. And so like a few days later, she's like, she messaged me. It's like, yeah, that, that would suck. Um, and so she changed her mind. She was going to head to Vancouver, um, uh, do West first. Okay. And so she left, um, when did she leave? I think she left June 15th. I think I was in Nipigon. I was like 1200 kilometers ahead of her. This is how slow I go. I was 1200 kilometers ahead of her. Um, while I was at the great sand Hills, she, she, she passed me going to Drumheller. Okay. Um, but then what happened was, is I ended up catching up with her, uh, in Jasper on her last day because she actually spent two weeks plus hiking Banff and Jasper area. Ah. And so literally on her last day, uh, in Jasper last night, we actually, we actually hooked up kind of deal. It was pretty crazy because I was always continually feeding her Intel because I was always, for most part, I was always ahead of her. So I was feeding her Intel, trying to get her a host here and there kind of deal. So we actually connected when I got to Jasper. Then, um, I was working away in the common area, which has these big windows out onto the street. And it's like 1130 at night. Cause I always work very, very late. And now the other thing is, is everyone's wearing masks between Calgary and Jasper. They're completely mandatory. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is I'm working in this dark room with, but the street light is on, on the, on the sidewalk. And so you can sort of, you can see me through the window because the window I'm right beside the window kind of deal. And so these two guys with masks on, like come right up to the window. So they're literally, I'm going to say eight inches from my face. That's how close we are looking at me. So it's kind of creepy, but kind of funny at the same time. And so then they pull away and then they come back like 20 seconds later. And the one guy's got a phone and he's got on the phone, Safari Ari question mark. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) So I go outside and what happened was, is uh, because there's no internet between Banff and Jasper, I get to Jasper, all of a sudden my Strava all updates and they see on the phone that, Hey, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Jasper somewhere. And so then they see my bike locked up outside and they see me working at 1130 at night in, in, in the, in the, in the streetlight. Um, and, and they recognize me. Um, so that was just unbelievably crazy. That's now cool. yeah, actually, I totally forgot it. Yeah. Oh Yeah. But I actually totally forgot about the other story. Between me um, uh, meeting with the girl and, and these guys recognizing me, another longtime follower, he calls me up because he knew I was planning to go to the Arctic and then I was going to come down. I was going to go to check out these ancient forests that he had told me about. He had mm-hmm. messaged me like way, way, way back in the beginning that had I heard about this forest. And I was like, no, thank you very much. Like I'm going there for sure because I would be able to come back on, on my way through from coming up, coming down from the Arctic, which of course, because of COVID that got completely changed. Anyways, he sees that I'm in Jasper. So he calls me up and he goes like, I'm in McBride, which is 175 kilometers towards Prince George. Okay. Like basically. And he's like, 
I'm retired. I got lots of time. Would you like me to come pick you up? And you can hang out here for a few days. And I'm like, sure, of course. And he goes, and then we'll go to the ancient forest. I'm like, sweet, of course. So Tuesday morning, he comes, picks, he picks me up 175 kilometers into town. We drive back to McBride. Uh, the next day, we go an hour further to the ancient forest. Where is the ancient Prince forest? George. It's, What's that? It's on the way to Prince George? Yeah, it's um, that whatever that highway. Well, I guess that's that the, the yellowhead. Yellow yeah, 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 yeah. So it's basically the um, the ancient forest is halfway between McBride and Prince George. Is it the Sugar Bowl so, but, Grizzly Den Provincial Park that area? No, no. Um, it's, it would be about two hundred and seventy-five kilometers from from Jasper. Oh, okay. Um. So, anyways, Wednesday we go to the ancient forest. Um, we come back. And then what happens is Friday, we get up super, super early because he has to, he's actually got a relative who's coming in an RV back to Jasper, but we get up super, super early. He actually drives me all the way to Lake Louise uh, because that's where I was going to, because basically when I came, when I went to Jasper, my plan was to spend two, two days in Jasper, turn around and backtrack to Lake Louise to go Kamloops Whistler to Vancouver. Okay. So he actually drove me all the way from McBride to Lake Louise. And then he went to Jasper. So I calculated it all out. Bruce drove 1150 kilometers between Tuesday and Friday morning just for me. Wow. That's, that's insane. Okay. And uh, I did find yes. it is um, the ancient forest is on highway 16. It's just past. So just, just west of Slim Creek Provincial Park. So in case anybody yeah. is listening to this and goes, ooh, I want to check that place out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he drove 1,150 kilometers between Tuesday and Friday morning uh, just for me. And this, this, and this is just some guy following my ride. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then I, I from, from Lake Louise, I basically headed west towards Kamloops. Actually, I had, well, I want to make sure I get my towns and cities right. Um, yeah, so I Kamloops. I actually had a host in Kamloops, um, and then from there I had two hosts in Salmon Arm. Um, so Salmon Arm is before then, Kamloops. Oh, is it? Sorry, yeah. I, I was sorry. Sometimes my job. Okay, so I had two hosts in Salmon Arm, and then um, and then I had a host in Kamloops, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, continued uh, ninety nine to Whistler, and then Vancouver. Oh, so you went um, through uh, you went through Lillooet and then up the big climb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Lillooet's beautiful, isn't it? It is, but oh my goodness, that 20 kilometers out of Lillooet, that's the, that's the craziest climbing I've ever done in my life. And did you uh, did you check out Pavilion Lake before Lillooet? That uh, that lake's sure. got like some uh just after you turn past Cache Creek and you turn on the 99, there's like this place called uh, Pavilion Lake and it's got like it's it's got like organisms in it that date back to the dawn of man. Oh wow! No, I didn't even hear about no. that. Uh, next time. <laughs> yeah, next time. Next time. Next time. Um, so you went yeah. over, yeah. You went over Duffy Pass. That was a big climb on the other way. So I can imagine uh, what you went through. Man, that was some of the most craziest climbing I ever did. Uh, just me just too. Way too. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, and then yeah, then I got into Vancouver. Um, you know, uh, got that view when you get past horseshoe bay to like you get to you know look over the bay mm -hmm. um and uh yeah no i spent two weeks basically in in vancouver um and that was that was crazy um actually it's funny because the next day 
because I got there, I think on the Saturday. Yeah, I got there on the Saturday. Uh, I checked into the hostel um, over by Jericho Beach. And then on the Sunday, I dropped, I believe it was the Sunday, I dropped my bike off at the bike shop to have this Dynamo Hub looked at. And um, from there, I just started walking around um, because Vancouver, since I had been there in 2011, they've got these murals everywhere. And I just started taking photos of these murals. And I was literally there in the alleys. They're here, they're mm-hmm. there, they're everywhere. You backtrack and there's another one you miss. You look back, it's like, oh my yeah, goodness, yeah. there's another one. And so anyway, I spent the afternoon taking photos of these murals. It's getting towards the end of the day. I'm looking at my phone. It's like, I better figure out how to get back. And not just literally in that moment, guy walks up to me and he's like are you Ari (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding me it's like uh yeah and who are you and he goes oh I'm Bruce Barton and it's like well I totally recognize his name right away because he likes all my photos and and he goes yeah he goes um he goes I was just having I was just eating with my wife on one of those patio restaurants and you walked past and I goes I recognize your hat your smile and your work boots I turned to my wife. I said, I think that's Ari. I've been following him for months. And, and, and his wife goes, well, don't you gotta go chase him down and find out? And so he jumped up and raced up and, and yeah. And so I ended up joining him and his wife for dinner and then, and they drove me all the way back to the hostel. Oh, that's wild. Um, you know, people live in Vancouver and it's like, are you Ari? It's like, seriously? Wow. Um, well, you're doing something right. I mean, I, I got to say your your website's really great. Um, you know, I was looking at it again today. I'm like, man, this website's good. Like, you know, like. Yeah, well, I, I love, I, I, the, my favorite part is the, the friends and hosts. Like if you just click, if you go on my homepage and you screw, you have my intro to the ride. You have some of my most immediate stats as far as where I am, where I'm going my mileage, mm-hmm. how many nights in a tent, how many nights on the road. And then it has my three most recent blogs, but under that it has my three most recent hosts or people I've connected with. And if you just click on more, it's just, it's just story after story, after story, after story, after story. And it just, it's, I mean, it's mind blowing sometimes like, you know, from, from the acts of generosity, um, from the people that have recognized me the you know, the people, how, how some of my hosts have come about. Um, like I'm not like, basically I'm at 53. I'm on my way to my 54th host in Victoria. Um, like, so I'm on my way to my 54th host across Canada. Wow. Like that. Okay. Like I actually asked, I pulled a few people on like on my own page and then I think I like bike across Canada page or whatever. And I asked some people like, like when you biked across Canada, how many hosts have you had typically? And I had mostly some fives and some tens. I had one or two that said 20 and then I'm 53 and I'm 53 in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, that's pretty something. And you are exactly, I just did, I did the math a little while ago. You're 30 days away from, uh, from one year. <laughs> 30 days from one year yeah um and you know what it feels like yesterday like honestly like it, it does not feel like a year at all but yeah no 50 53 hosts across canada like that's just and the thing was is when my first ride 
And that was the thing. My host in Qualicum Beach were the hosts. Like, okay, so my first ride in 2011, I had one host in Grand Prairie. So hosting was not even on my radar. It was never even, I didn't even think about the whole concept. Um, and so I had one host in Grand Prairie that had since five years ago moved to Qualicum Beach. So they were actually my last, basically my last host. Well, sorry, they weren't actually my last because I went there and then I had a host uh, heading towards Tofino. Uh, and then I went back to Qualicum Beach. But okay. my Qualicum Beach host, uh, which technically they would have been my 52nd host, um, they were my one and only host from my first ride, my one and only. Uh, so it was obviously it was awesome and amazing to reconnect with them uh, after nine years. But I just, you know, I not only for those and actually only four of my hosts were, were, were warm showers. Uh, only four. Oh yeah. Um, Fredericton, New Brunswick. Uh, I had one in Quebec city, which I didn't really need cause I was actually at the hostel. He was sort of outside of town, but since he did respond and then I found out he was like 20 kilometers out of town. I said, you know what? I said, it'll take me all day to get out of, out of, out of Quebec city. So I'll, 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 I'll stop by on my way through. Um, but then, and then, uh, Thunder Bay and then Winnipeg. So those are the only four times that I actually used warm showers four times. Oh, wow. And then on top of that, so then also even to, to sort of put even the 53 hosts into perspective, I bypassed the GTA, the most populated yeah. part of yeah. the entire country where all my friends, family or not family, but where all my friends live, I didn't even go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... And I, and I've even had, I've even, I actually had, I could have had another host in, in Parksville, I think. Yeah. I think it's Parksville. I always sometimes get these towns, uh, confused or whatever. Um, but I, I said, actually, I'm on my way back to my host in Qualicum beach. Cause I have, you know, five days worth of work to do kind of deal. Um, so, I mean, I've had, so yeah, I'm at 53 hosts. I bypassed the GTA and I've actually turned people down. I, and I don't like when I say I've turned people down. I actually, as a rule, I truly actually try not to because if people are generous enough to reach out, then I make every effort um, to try to connect with them. It's just sometimes it's like, it, it depends. Like if there, are they people following my ride or are they pe- like, cause what happened was like, for example, this last one where I declined, it was actually a friend of another follower slash host in Halifax. He reached out and said, Hey, I'm friends with so-and-so. And I understand you're, you're coming through. If you need a place to stay, you're welcome to. And it's like, ah, you know what? I sort of got some plans, but it's like, if he said, I've been following your ride for so long, yada, 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 you know, it's like, okay, well, how can we connect now? Cause I had an example like that in Vancouver because I had um, someone from Abbotsford who's been following my ride from mm-hmm. the beginning. And he was like, kept going on about, you know, connecting and, and this and that. But then I ended up going 99, like through the back way into Vancouver. And so I actually had an offer in Coquitlam and I had an offer in White Rock. And so but Abbotsford is kind of out there a little bit. And I just said, look, because of towns and like, like I said, I'd be willing to, if you, if you're, cause I don't usually ask outright for hosting, but I said, if you're able to host me, then I'll actually come. I'll actually, cause the people in white initially, while the Coquitlam actually was a, ended up being people I weren't expecting. They're actually friends from 25 years ago. Um, the white rock one was, I didn't know them. They weren't actually, they were just friends from another host. So I was actually trying to connect the dots in order Mm -hmm. to connect with this guy in Abbotsford. And so I said, look, 
I'll go have these hosts to get me out there. If you're, if you want to host me, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll do whatever I can to connect. And he was, he got back and he said, look, it's the first week of school. My wife's a teacher. This is probably not good timing, but what I'll do is I'll come out to you in Vancouver and, and, and I'll take you out for breakfast. So literally, yeah. So it was like, so I arrived Saturday, Sunday, the guy recognized me in Vancouver. And then Monday, this other guy drove an hour from Abbotsford all the way into Vancouver and took me out for breakfast. Um, like, so, and that, that was the first week of Vancouver was literally a breakfast or a lunch one after another of people that have been following my ride. Um, so it was just, yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I think Vancouver is, it's a pretty, you know, like they're, they're a community of people that are, are very active. Like it's a really active area, you know? So I think oh, yeah, they, yeah. you're they're more very, likely yeah. to have all these people that are actually following and, you know, up on the social media and stuff. So where, where are you right now? I'm, I'm in a town called Duncan. Duncan. It's kind of known for its totem poles. Mm-hmm. And is right that on the island, right? You were calling me. I was, I was, I was pedaling around the city taking photos of, of totem poles. Can't, can't complain with that. Right. And, um, so your, your plan is to fly to Seattle. Um, when you, when you arrive in Seattle, do you have to do a two weeks quarantine or something? No, I've, I've read nothing to suggest that. I certainly hope not, but no, I don't, I've never, I've read nothing to suggest that. Okay. Um, I don't think, yeah. Bay, like, yeah, like I'm in Duncan. So it's, I think I'm, I don't know, I'm like 50, 60 kilometers to Victoria. Yeah. Um, and so I'll get there, I guess tomorrow, I hope should without any too much problem. Um, I'll probably spend a few days to take photos of a few things. And then basically the plan is to kind of do the kind of the official completion at the Terry Fox Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way it'll be like Terry Fox Memorial to Terry Fox Memorial, St. John's to Victoria. Um, and so I'm like 12,100 and some odd kilometers um, so far. So I'll be like 12,200, 12,300 mm-hmm. kilometers, I think, um, by the time I get to the Terry Fox Memorial. Very cool. And um, yeah, that'll kind of be the, the Canadian uh, completion. Um, and actually I, sh- I should mention, I had a really, you know, um, when I was in Coquitlam, my host there actually brought me to the, his Terry Fox's, uh, uh, grave site in Coquitlam. Cause that's mm-hmm. where he's from and where he's buried. And, um, I actually had the honor to actually clean and wipe his stone and his parents stone clean. Um, because you know how, when you cut the grass and the grass is wet, and the lawnmower sprays the grass and mm-hmm. it kind of cakes on. Yeah. Um, anyways, his, his grapes, I was actually, I was actually quite shocked. I just, I, I, yeah, admittedly I was actually quite shocked, but anyways, his stone and his parents stone were just caked in, in grass, uh, clippings. And so I had the honor to, to wipe his, his stone clean and his parents stone clean. And, you know, that was a pretty amazing experience. Mm-hmm. If I do say so myself, I just, Yeah. And it's weird because he's just got these small, you know, like his, his his stones are not that elaborate. They're not, you know, they're just kind of on the grass, kind of on the ground. Right. He was just a, he was so, just a guy that ran, right? Well, yeah, not yeah. to say that like that, but you know what I mean. Like he yeah. he didn't consider himself yeah. special. He didn't like he didn't yeah. he didn't look for that. He was just out to to accomplish yeah, no, a goal. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a thing. So, I, I mean, I started at his first memorial. I pedaled 6,650 kilometers to get to his Thunder Bay Memorial. 
And then I got to clean off his stones in Coquitlam. And then in a, yeah, um, by the end of the week, I'll, I'll end at his, his Victoria Memorial. Fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, the plan would be from there is to basically go to Vancouver. Um, I've already made arrangements with the bike shop with it, got a bike box already waiting for me to, um, box up my bike and my gear and all that. And, um, basically kind of from there as, as quickly as like, once I got into Vancouver, get into Vancouver, I basically, as quickly as I can, I, I want to get into Seattle. I want to sort of get that experience over and done with. Um, I don't anticipate any problems, but you know, I just kind of just want to, yeah, I just want to be pedaling, uh, down the, the Pacific side of the U S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks exciting. Um, are any big plans for media t- out on the Terry Fox's, uh, you know, for um, grand finale of Canada, I guess. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, I did reach out. I was, I, I did reach out. I messaged CBC, you know, whether or not they respond or not is kind of up to them. I don't like, I, I mean, that's the thing is that I, I do reach out to media on occasion mm-hmm. when I'm kind of in the mood and, you know, and sometimes they reach out and sometimes they don't. And that's fine. Like I don't really, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. Um, I will actually probably, I will have someone that at least does professional photography to actually meet me to rather than kind of do the iPhone selfies. Mm -hmm. Um, I will actually get someone that can do some half decent uh, photos. Um, because yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 12,000 kilometers. And like you said, like 30 days, I'll been on the road a year. Um, you know, like that's also, I mean, that's a, that's a long time to bike across this country, like a long time. Um, but it's like, I have hundreds and hundreds of, of these amazing stories. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel, I just feel like I've just, yeah, I just, man, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just, it's been the craziest, most amazing adventure that you can imagine. Like, like I said, I, I've got hundreds of stories, hundreds, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a wild wild time uh watching your progress and uh you know what like I guess uh we'll talk again. Um Oh yeah. I figure we'll have an episode 3 at some point in the next uh <laughs> next 2 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know and that's it. and then maybe just one thing that just sort of was sort yeah. of casually mentioned but not maybe really just explained but because initially like my plan was to go to the Canadian Arctic and obviously with COVID that completely changed, mm-hmm. um, kind of deal. And so, um, and that's why basically I went Calgary across kind of deal. Yeah. I was trying and, to think of how to ask it and say like any regrets, but I guess regrets wouldn't be really the thing to say because you couldn't regret what happened in the end, you know, where you saw no, the people you no, met. So and, it's not exactly a fitting yeah, description. Yeah. No, and that, and that's the thing is, is you know, in, in a way I could, I could, and perhaps justifiably be disappointed um, with not getting to the Arctic. And, and, and I'm not going to be because I've had an absolutely amazing crossing. Um, and, and that being said, that being said, like, so in one sense, I've kind of officially, like if you go to my website and you look at the map, I have officially taken the Arctic off the ride. Mm-hmm, I see that. Now, that being said, when I get to the bottom of Argentina, you know, logistically speaking, I'll revisit that. Um, will I have the time? Will I have the money? Um, in one sense, I think it would actually be kind of cool 
when I get to the bottom of Argentina to fly all the way up to the Arctic and then basically pedal my way from the, down the Dempster Highway, you know, one way or another, make my way to Calgary. I would actually, as a Canadian, I would actually prefer to complete the ride in Canada. But, you know, a couple things. One is, is at the rate I'm going, who the heck knows when I'll even get to Argentina. Mm-hmm. I could actually be an old man. Um, you know, <laughs> collecting your two, old age pension. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, two, you know, do I have the finances at that point to, um, uh, to, 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 to take that on, or, you know, I could get to Argentina in the middle of January or February, yep. you know, um, and I just don't know how excited I would be about trying to do another winter, especially up there and just having to completely redo all my gear to accommodate yeah. like that kind of deal. So, so basically officially I've taken it off the ride, but unofficially it's like, hmm, let's see what, when I, when I get to the bottom of Argentina where I'm at, um, and where I'm at in life, um, you know, uh, cause I, I'm in a position like, I mean, I'm taking obviously a, I mean, I should be practically in San Diego right now. Technically I should be in San Diego and I'm, I'm, you know, not quite in Victoria, still in yeah. Canada. So and, uh, I was going to go ahead. Didn't mean yeah, uh, no, I was just, I was just going to say, so it's like, I'm obviously going very slow. And the, the reality is, is I'm not really in a position. I can't live on my bike indefinitely. Like I do have a home in Belize that's mm-hmm. waiting for me. Um, and that costs a lot of money on a monthly basis just for property maintenance. Um, so yeah, I can't live on my bike indefinitely, but Hey, if, if I can somehow get there in time and fly up to the Arctic and, and, and complete in Calgary, um, uh, that would be amazing. I'd love it. Yep. So if, uh, if people want to help you out, I mean, um, you know, financially or other ways, uh, what are some of the ways that you, people can help you? Oh, well, um, yeah, like, I mean, on my website, safariari.ca, um, you know, I do have Patreon and I do have PayPal. Um, you know, I generally don't really ask for, like, I mean, I've, I've worked pretty hard, uh, for six and a half years in a truck leading up to this ride, um, you know, to, to finance this ride. That being said, you know, I do work 30 plus hours. Uh, a week, literally, um, on documenting, um, you know, photo editing, blogging, uh, video, you know, um, that is technically not, you know, compensated for. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if people, uh, appreciate what I'm doing as far as my work and they would like to contribute and it's, it's appreciated. I've actually, it's funny because it's funny. I did not expect you to even mention that, but it is funny because I've actually had a few PayPal donations in the last uh, few weeks, just completely randomly, unexpectedly. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, and you know, and I got to be honest, I, I love, I love, I love sending thank you emails. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. Yeah. It's a, um, you know, it's a good feeling though. When it happens, I had somebody also send a bit of money through, um, Oh, what is it? not PayPal? Um, pay Patreon? No, not my Patreon. Uh, the other one, the one-time payment donation thing. Uh, how the hell my brain doesn't work? Um, GoFundMe. Oh, I didn't even... And um, oh, GoFundMe. Okay. And 
yeah, it was really a nice feeling. I'm like, I don't know that person. Usually it's somebody who I know, you know? So that was a really cool feeling. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah I mean, no, like, I, you, like, you know, it does cost to run a website. It does cost to, to have gear and equipment and they're going to break your bike touring, your laptop's oh, going to yeah. have problems. You're going to have, you know, oh, these yeah. things are going to happen. And, uh, yeah. just those little bits help. So. Yeah, no, I, I would I can, I can pretty much save like from repairs and food and, and this and that. I mean, I, I usually pay, I usually spent $10,000 to get to Vancouver. Um, I, I know, well, I had to, I had to switch from winter gear to, to summer gear. Um, and, and I got a, a laptop in, in Kingston and that's all included in this and that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I do keep track of my, my spending and, and I know when I got to Vancouver, I was, I was at about the 10,000, uh, expense mark. And now when it came to, and it is kind of a skewed number because I've been hosted so many times where I was fed, um, and in Atlantic Canada, I had so many hosts and, and actually in Atlantic Canada, I was handed between five and $700 and tens, twenties, fifties and gift cards. Um, you know, you don't get so much money handed so much in, in the summer, people don't really hand money to you. Um, but I've actually avoided, you know, I, when I say like, you know, I've mentioned a few times getting to certain places that, that I haven't had a shower in six days. Um, like I, so I got a, like my camp. Okay. So I remember my last campground in Ontario being Nipigon, um, Ontario. So from Nipigon, I got no campground, our campsite all the way through Manitoba, Saskatchewan, um, Alberta. They hosted me instead of going to the campground. Um, I went to uh, the hostel in Jasper because um, I had no campgrounds all the way there. And then, um, yeah, I think my my first camp actually. So my first campground, I think actually from 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 Nipigon, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think I am. My first campground was on Vancouver Island. From yeah, I think my like as far so you know when it comes to like spending money and saving money, my last campground was Nipigon, Ontario, and then I went into a campground in Euclid um, because I was in the same situation, no shower for six days, battery packs are drained because I had taken eighteen hundred photos. And the lady says 20 bucks a night and uh shower and plug in just that, no problems. And I was like, well, that's fair. And then uh, she told her, her, her partner that this guy's bike from, from Newfoundland. He just looked at me and he said, give him his $20 back. You can stay <laughs> nice. as long as you want for free and supper will be in an hour. Nice. Yeah. So the last campground I paid for was in Nipigon. Wow. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm, you know, I'm generally pretty darn careful with my money if I can be. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. All right. It's been a, it's been a blast following you and I do hope to keep, uh, keep checking out your, your material and stuff every so often. I, I don't have time to jump oh, yeah. on it every day and you post a lot, which is awesome. Um, so I oh, just yeah, yeah. I get on there no, when I, I can. Post, I, I, like I said, I, 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 you know, people that follow me on Facebook, when they comment, I'm, I'm always very mindful to make sure to get back to them. I'm always scrolling through, making sure that I've responded to everyone, even if it's just, I try to do that too. It's it's hard work. I read it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No Well, Hey, when you post sometimes five times a day, um, that's a lot. And then you're going between your personal profile and and the fan page Mm -hmm. back and forth. Um, you know, I spend about two plus, I spend probably an average of two hours at least on Facebook 
a day, um, just posting and uh, connecting with people that, that, that follow me. It's, it's for me, it's actually very important. If, if people take the time to follow me, then the least I can do mm-hmm. is respond and, and accommodate their questions or their comments. So it, it's actually very important to me. Well, you know what? I, I got to be honest. I told my wife, oh, yeah, this is going to be a short one. We're just doing a catch up thing and it's uh, probably 45 <laughs> minutes or so. But yeah. uh, I dude, lied dude, to her. There's again. nothing short about my story. <laughs> Sorry. But, anyways, I appreciate it. It was great. Um, yeah. I do look to hearing back from you again in the future and uh, just keep following along and um, ride safe, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been awesome. Awesome. And uh, with that, I will uh, leave you and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Later. Bye, Ari. Hey, Hey everyone. Before we end this podcast, I'd like to tell you about some of Bike Tour Adventure's other amazing partners. Very proud to be supported by Brockton Cyclery, a Toronto-based bike shop dedicated to bike touring and bikepacking. Carrying many of the top bike touring and bikepacking brands, I can honestly say that they have helped me to build the most durable and fast bikepacking bike possible. We're also supported by Race Day Fuel. Their mission is to ensure that you consume the very best and appropriate food and beverage for the task at hand. Working with top brands such as Scratch, Noon, and Untapped, they have all your nutrition needs taken care of. For discount codes, check out the show notes or go to the Bike Tour Adventures website. I want to end the show by thanking all my listeners once again for the emails and comments I regularly receive from you. It really helps motivate me and keep me going with this project and to continue sharing people's amazing stories. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at bike at bikepackadventures.ca or go to bikepackadventures.ca and shoot me a message through the contact form. You can also check out the webpage for past podcast episodes, bikepacking routes throughout Canada, blog posts, videos, and touring tips. Lastly, I'd like to once again thank all the individuals and companies that are supporting the podcast. If you are enjoying the show and like what I'm doing, you can become one of my show supporters by going to patreon.com slash bikepackadventures. And for just a few dollars a month, you can help keep this show going. You can also help out by sending a one-time donation through PayPal. This money all goes back into the podcast, help me to cover the costs associated with running the show, buy new equipment when necessary, and produce the high-quality content that you've become accustomed to. Much appreciated, and keep on pedaling. <laughs>